Thought Bubble Audio. watch with us <laughs> welcome to our high energy podcast about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate welcome to our podcast where we are both tired <laughs> i've been working a theory that like the weeks feel somehow longer now that we don't have news to yes. distract us during the work days I think that's accurate. There's definitely something about the news cycle that's got this, like, uncanny valley feeling to it right now, Mm -hmm. where it's like, at any moment, we could all have to care about something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, we're always just waiting for it. Right, but, like, it's... We're in a more stable situation than we have been in quite some time. No, no, no. I don't know that I'd go that far. I think there's just fewer people tweeting about it. That may be Specifically. That may be fair. I think that's really what's in play here. I will say that I I read... Yes, that's true. This is going to be fucking dated by the time this episode um, comes out. It's February 4th, in case anyone needs that timestamp. Because who knows? Um, But today, Trump wrote a letter to the (laughs) Actors Guild or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was reading the letter. And it's been, I guess, a month, just about, since I read any of Trump's writing. (laughs) His fine linguistic skills on display. Excellent words. (laughs) (laughs) And it broke my brain a little bit. I was like, were we reading this every day, multiple times a day? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, here we are. Here we are. Um, You've got a bonkers lag going on. You do, too. Speaking of the Uncanny Valley, it's creating, (laughs) like, a pretty wild... (laughs) I, I feel like our call is not that bad, but really, who's to say? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? We're letting the internet just guide <laughs> us. <laughs> we'll see in post. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so what are we doing today? Well, first we're sharing an important core core update. Oh, core core. What's our core core? Um, the important news broke today that... Disney, oh, it's, it's going to be old news by the time you listen. Oh, it's going to be old as shit, yeah. Disney Plus is um, giving us the gift of the 1997 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Yeah. Better known as the Brandy Cinderella. This is all Twitter has been able to talk about today. It's been glorious. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we'll, we'll address this in a later episode, but I'm excited. It's been a minute. <laughs> and I've never seen it. I feel like I'm the only child of the 90s who's never seen it. I think you are, truly. <laughs> we had a VHS that we recorded of when it was on the Wonderful World of Disney or whatever it was. So many so people whenever. today have referenced that. Yeah. And so yeah. we'd have to, like, watch it and skip, I don't know if there were commercials or so. Mm-hmm. I just 
We didn't watch this one as often as the older one that we had, but we'll get into this another time. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> this is not the episode. Ooh, now your face is fast forwarding. Ooh. Like aggressively. I have so many skills. <laughs> I'm like really watching a whole adventure on your eyebrows. <laughs> you might get synced now. Okay. <laughs> you were lagging for so long that I can barely tell. <laughs> no one's ever told me my eyebrows were an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your eyebrows were just having a time. Wow. Um, yes. So that will not be exciting at the end of the month when this episode comes out, but it has been exciting now. Yeah. I had a core core and I can't remember now what it was. Did I tell you what it was by any chance? No. Sometimes I do. I something, wish I had. Something bedtime. Yeah, my kid is on sleep strength, so it's just chaos. <laughs> the last couple of weeks have just been pure toddler chaos. Mm-hmm. Her new thing is, at shower time, standing next to the water and saying... <laughs> No, I don't want to take a shower. I want to be next to the water. And it's like, well... <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> sounds like a very Kirsty thing to say, though. <laughs> You're not wrong. She has, like, two modes, and her two modes are... No, I want to stand next to the water, but, like, apply that to everything in life. <laughs> or, <laughs> it's time to talk about airplanes, which is when she wants to sit on a swing and talk about how cargo planes and fighter jets <laughs> are very sweet, and they help her because they're nice. <laughs> so, angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. Exactly. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> uh, How does it feel when, like, the monster you've created is just you? <laughs> you have no idea how often she does something, and I'm like, well, that's a sick burn, isn't it? I can't remember what I did, but I did something the other night. She came rushing over and she said, no, mommy, that's not safe. You cannot do that. And I was like, well, okay, narc. Like, I'll tell you about seatbelt safety. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking oh, of things that are not safe. Wow, that's an intro, huh? Yeah. Am I wrong, though? I don't know. In what world is it safe to have an affair with Alec Baldwin? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no world. There, There is no timeline in which it's acceptable to have an affair with Alec Baldwin, just to be clear. Unless you're also faking your... <laughs> <laughs> your country of origin <laughs> I don't say this lightly but she truly is the only person who benefited from the events of January 6th 
It's like the shortest news cycle since 2015 was Hilaria Baldwin, but only because of QAnon. She was QAnon. at the idea. I just went on a whole journey in my brain, but then she has to like fake her origin because she's cute. <laughs> she would be such a good, good cute. Oh my god. Oh my god. You heard it here first, folks. Hilaria Baldwin is cute. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, that's a slander podcast. Um, no, we're here to talk about the 2009 film starring Alec Baldwin and our mom, Meryl Streep. And Kirstie's first dad. And my my accidental first dad, <laughs> Steve Martin. There's so much to unpack. <sighs> and it was made by my first mom. Maybe. I think this is like your OTM, your one true mom. That could be true. Um, uh, yeah. Any, anyway, that film is called It's Complicated, which yeah. accurately sums up this whole, this whole last 13 vibe. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I added this to our schedule during Vulture's Nancy Myers week in December. I meant to ask where this came from because it feels like it is so, like, unrelated to any other work we've done in, like, a minute. Is it, though? Your I mean, dad? Is it, though? Our mom? Nancy Myers? Need oh, I go on? I mean, I'm not saying that there's no red threads. It just... It's... <laughs> it's a the detour. red thread is Kirstie was annoyed that I made her watch it. <laughs> I had to watch a movie. It's also rom-com vacation. Hmm... Hmm. I got tricked into watching a rom-com from the aughts. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I will say this is one of the good ones from that time period of very bad rom-coms. Was this the Badlands? I think this was like almost post-Badlands. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I feel like, I mean, Nancy Myers has been my mom since Parent Trap. <laughs> I still have, like, a fair amount of her catalog that I haven't seen, so I have some homework to do. I suspect I've seen a lot of Nancy Myers, but don't know it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I'm in the world. <laughs> in the world. Like, I'm here, Nancy Myers is here. We've, we had to cross paths before. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly you did with Father of the Bride. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Father of the Bride Part 2 is what got me through the 90s. Yep. Yeah. Nance really carried us both. In her Can own we call her Nance? Nance. I'm pulling up her filmography just to see what else I secretly know, so mm. carry on. Um, this is probably, like, my second favorite of the movies I've seen of hers. I didn't know there was a third Father of the Bride. It was, like, a Netflix special. That it sounds just, like they a just did it in 2020. Why? Yeah. It was like a fundraiser situation. 
Oh. It was like a Parks and Rec COVID specials. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a Zoom call. Yeah. I gotcha. That's bonkers. Nobody Don't asked worry. for that. <laughs> <laughs> a um, wild time. But yeah, Nancy Myers like supposedly alluded to her retirement and then there was the whole feud with her daughter. Can you explain the feud to me? Because that was like, there was a lot going on on Twitter at the time. And I did, I was at capacity. Yeah. So (laughs) as I recall, um, Rachel Handler from Vulture did like this series of articles. The whole week was just Nancy Myers week. It was about appreciating her and her work and also talking about how like her signature style created like a canon and a, like a, it's iconic in its own way. So the way we talk about like a lot of male directors, they tried to like put that lens on it, which is totally fair. Um, like an auteur kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they talked about like her kitchens and her like loose white, like fucking house dresses or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 The baked goods and the vibe. <laughs> um, and like the J Jill vibe of it all. Yeah. Yeah, and how, like, she has become such a, like, legendary filmmaker for making this exact type of content and for making content that's, like, for women over the age of 25. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, women of a certain age, as it were. Yeah. So they ta- this whole thing was just talking about, like, how great she is, and throughout it, she referenced, like, obviously her whole catalog including a movie that she produced that her daughter directed but that's so much in the canon that she was like it's basically that she touched it enough that she directed it or whatever like you could put it into her under her purview and so her her daughter wrote this whole instagram like screenshot that was like this is anti-feminist, first of all. <laughs> and went on, like, a whole rant about that. And that was, like, three quarters of it. And then the last <laughs> sentence was, and by the way, that was my movie. It wasn't my mom's movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she, like, veiled this, like, very petty gripe about, like, not getting credit for her movie. From this, like, under- one critic. Yeah. Under the, like, guise of it being anti-feminist and not respectful. I know. Sure. Like, well, I'm pretty sure, like, dedicating a whole week to her is respectful enough. Yeah. And this whole thing was about, like, legitimizing this thing that's often considered, like, you know, like, a rom-com is so, like, fluffy and for girls and not important and whatever and trying to, like, legitimize it in the way that we do, like, crime thrillers. It's like a standing on the shoulders of giants kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really special. <laughs> so is that and the whole feud? Like, it wasn't actually... She closed her Instagram or something. It was like a whole thing. So it wasn't actually that Nancy was feuding with anybody. It was just no. that like, okay, okay. There was a lot I didn't understand about it because of Twitter. It was very funny to me. I, I can't always keep up with the main character on Twitter. Yeah. It took me, like, three whole days to figure out Bean Dad, so. Yeah. Um, It's a good read, though. It's five (laughs) screenshots long. Oh, my God. So it's 
yeah, it's quite in-depth. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Kirstie's gonna read this whole thing I'm while gonna re- read this while Kelsey <laughs> talks about the next thing you talk about when you do a review podcast. Okay, I'll just skim through the plot. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what Kirstie wants me to do, so... Um, please I'm not interject this with your reactions. Um... <laughs> So this movie is about Meryl Streep. She's a, like, divorcee who's been divorced for, like, ten years. And she has three, like, mostly adult children with Alec Baldwin, um, her ex-husband. And he has a, like, young, hot wife and her demon child. (laughs) Um, And they, like, cross paths a few times. And through a series of events, like, end up drunkenly getting, like, hooking up. Um, and decide to sort of carry on this affair. <laughs> I, I will quibble, I'll quibble momentarily with, um, decided, but we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um... Yeah, so they have this, like, she has sort of a crisis of, like, a moral issue of having an affair with her married ex-husband. And at the same time, she's embarking on this renovation of her house because her beautiful kitchen isn't beautiful or big enough. I have quibbles about this where we will revisit this. Yeah, this is, like, the this is the canon, Kirstie. <laughs> no, but, like... In do they in all of them make a point of saying multiple times you finally get your dream kitchen? You finally have space to store all of your belongings in your beautiful dream kitchen? I get that the point is that they all live in like luxury, but do they also then make it sound like she's a plebe in all of them? No. They all have dream kitchens. Because that was my quibble with it, is that every time the renovation came up, they were like, you finally get the kitchen you've always dreamed of. You finally get your dream kitchen. You'll be able to store your belongings. Meanwhile, her kitchen is, like, twice the size of my entire house. Like, well, yeah, that's that's why it's, like, she's not a plebe. Well, no, but they're pretending. Like, they're treating it in the film as if she's a plebe. I took it more as because she's a quote-unquote, like, professional baker slash chef. But that, that kitchen she would get, is like, a still, true like... chef's kitchen and not... But that kitchen is still that. She literally has two ovens. She's... It's like a catering kitchen. That is, like, okay. no one needs a but residential kitchen bigger that, like, than that. Christine-ly staged, like, racks of extra baking dishes on the side that weren't in cabinets. That she for sure had cabinet space for. No. Yeah. No, because I have more cabinets than that, and I have filled all of mine. Mm, No. Mm. That kitchen is definitely bigger than your kitchen. It's bigger, but she had less cabinets because they were only along the wall. Her island was the size of my entire living room footprint. (laughs) There were some cabinets under that counter. I'm just saying, I could see... Everyone always wants something better than what they have. I just think, even in the year of our Lord, 2009, it was really fucking bold of them to, in multiple scenes, 
try to pretend this woman has been deprived of a kitchen. I will say that the theme of you finally got what you always wanted regarding, like, homes (laughs) and careers is a like ongoing theme well i think they wanted to frame it through the lens of like this is the house and kitchen that you settled for related to your divorce because the idea is that she bought but no not they don't make she says she moved in right after the divorce i mean she says it that doesn't mean they make the argument effectively sure saying a thing out loud is not the same as arguing renovation kirstie but It's only that they said it so many times. You don't get to harp on a point and then wriggle out of the criticism that the point you're making is stupid. The point of being there. She could have just had a renovation just because. It didn't have to be because her kitchen was too small for her when her kitchen was bigger than my house. Kirstie's a little jelly of the kitchen. I can't renovate my kitchen. (laughs) Yes, you can. We've discussed this. No one has figured out how to finance my kitchen yet. So. It's going to happen. We're going to Patreon fund your kitchen. <laughs> exactly. If you want to support the show, <laughs> i.e. my kitchen renovation. Get Kiersey the kitchen she's always dreamed of. <laughs> my dream kitchen. Anyway, I just, I don't have a quibble with her getting a new kitchen. I think Meryl deserves everything in life she wants. I just don't think it needed to be framed as she's been denied a good functional kitchen. Would you have preferred it be framed as she gets her ocean view from her upstairs bedroom? That's fine. I thought that was appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Even like, even like, I just want to change it up. I'm just tired of this kitchen or like, I never loved this kitchen when I bought the house is still better than like, oh, you're going to, you're finally going to have so much room. Like, fuck you. That kitchen's like 3000 square feet. I do have questions about like why she needs more square footage in her empty nest house. I know. Like so much more square footage. Especially because they spend so much time talking about how she's so alone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Should I finish the recap? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. We, we're still in the first five minutes of the film, for what it's worth. No, well, so they're having this ongoing affair, and then at the same time, she's having this renovation done, and the architect who's working with her on the renovation is Steve Martin, and he's, like, also a divorcee, and he kind of has the hots for her, and they kind of have chemistry, but also she's having this affair. So that's, like, most of the movie is this, like juggling both men um and then at one point her kid's boyfriend finds out that she's been sleeping with the ex-husband and that's a good fun time (laughs) um and then everything sort of comes crumbling down in the way that you would expect it would which is alec baldwin stalking her repeatedly and then showing up uninvited to lay naked on her bed and expose himself by webcam to steve martin so yeah (laughs) if that's what kelsey meant by exactly how you'd expect i mean i don't see any issue with how i phrase that (laughs) if anyone was going to (laughs) um yeah i mean what are your thoughts? 
I... Do you have some more gripes you'd like to file? Yeah, I mean, pretty much my whole impression of this movie was a gripe. Um, okay. So... Besides the gripe that you had to watch it. <laughs> so, my fr- so my first... I don't even know where to start. My... I can't decide if I want to start with my... Um, issues with like the pacing and the actual like narrative development or if I want to go straight into Alec Baldwin's character being a misogynist creep and everyone's just mm. fine with it. Mm. Okay. It's a tough Every- choice to make. He's literally stalking her aggressively like the the notion of consent in this film is <laughs> just <laughs> so buck wild and I don't know how much that is like a current day lens but i like to think that even in 2009 it would have been a little fucking problematic Mm. so like for better or for worse it didn't all read that way to me although i totally see what you're getting at too yeah i think they conveniently hide a lot of things but which is also not right under the guise of, like, well, they were married once. Yeah. So, like, whatever. They kind of still like each other. Well, that, I mean, that's, like, his whole, the whole, like, way that he is manipulative. And he's, like, pretty brazenly manipulative. Like, he's not even that cunning of a villain. He's sort of, like, a big, dumb, lying doof who's, like, putting all of his manipulation and stalking and coercion on display. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, but then they are trying to play the other side of it with as, like, I mean, clearly Meryl's moved on from him, and clearly she has a happy life without him, and clearly she's not really interested in it, but she is lonely and needs to have sex, and they were married once, so it's totally fine that he just, like, shows up in the middle of the night and spies on her through her windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These two things are equivalent. These are fine. <laughs> I mean, she does have, like, a whole series of, like conflicting emotions she does and i think that's valid enough i think my problem is that the movie frames it as if it's all fine yeah like i don't think it's wrong that she did have this like need to discover for herself what it would be like to be with him again i think that like all makes sense yeah but i don't think they needed to make the ex-husband creepy yeah It's interesting, <laughs> it's interesting this movie too, because it's like low-key the most autobiographical Nancy Byers movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's super funny. Yeah. So I always wonder, like, hmm. Like, is it autobiographical in the sense that, like, she had an affair with her ex-husband? Like, how deep is this? I don't know. I know, like, she is divorced and had some sort of weird relationship with her husband in general, because he was also, like, a filmmaking partner with her, and I don't know what else. Gotcha. This movie, like, when she made this, she was, she's, like, a peer with Meryl, and it was, like, supposed to be the most about, like, her own life. Whether she's having, like, multiple affairs with different (laughs) men at the same time, I don't know. Like, how how true is TBD, but... It's never been framed as, like, her memoir. <laughs> People are like, oh, yeah, this is the one you made about yourself. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, that is interesting. I just I feel like there was more there if Alec Baldwin hadn't been such a fucking creep. Mm. 
And, like, some of it is that Alec Baldwin himself is a creep, and so he just, like, brings that energy to everything. But they literally have multiple scenes of him, like, breaking into her house. Yeah. Like, the whole end, um, like, climax, which is a weird (laughs) word considering that Alec Baldwin was naked. But, um, that whole scene is, like... Yeah. Low-key assaultish. Like, he yeah. just... You can't... You can't, in case anyone was wondering, <laughs> just decide to go into your ex's bedroom and be naked on their bed. <laughs> no. No. But... I don't want to play, like, the side of being on the side of the man, because that's not right. And <laughs> that's I'm not, not a good I'm luck. on Meryl's side. But if he's delusional enough to think they're in a relationship, does that change the dynamic? No, because she she had very blatantly told him that she was done. Like, she had said multiple times, like, I don't want any more of this. There was no, that whole scene true. in the garden where she that's was true. like, that's I'm true. seeing someone now. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm over it. You're and then right. when he shows up at the house, pretending... I thought she had that conversation after this. No, 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 no. Um... Well, it might it's might be after he started staying at the house, but it was before he showed up naked. Mm, okay. Um, when they're in the garden. But um when he first shows up at the house, she's like, You can't stay here because we're done and I'm done and I don't yeah, want yeah, yeah. to do this and you can't leave your wife for me because I don't want to do this. Right. So, but their weird kids get in the way of that. Well, because he uses them yes, he does. as a tool of yep. manipulation. Like yep. He's so aggressively manipulative. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is super toxic. I do think her children are an interesting case study in the divorce anxiety of that time period. Interesting. I feel like the mid-90s through the aughts was like this weird time of divorce anxiety. How much of that was propagated by the parent trap? At least some of it. <laughs> That didn't help matters. (laughs) No, I mean, that's fair. I mean, all of my friends' families were divorced when I was growing up. Like, I didn't know any... That's not true. I knew one family, two families growing up that had married parents, but they really should have been divorced. Mm. Um, So it doesn't really count. Everybody else I knew had divorced parents, so I feel like... I was, like, extra attuned to, like, all of the news cycles at the time about, like, this new study says everything about divorce is bad. And Mm. this other new study says everyone in America is getting divorced and what should we do about the children? Yeah. Um, It was, like, a very real (laughs) anxiety at the time. That's fair. (laughs) I mean, Prince Charles got divorced, so, you know. Yeah. Because it's not, it's like the whole thing is like these children who are grown ass adults spend most of the movie being like, I'm damaged from this divorce, which I don't mean to make light of because divorce is hard. And so like, Mm -hmm. it, it does create challenging family dynamics and trauma for a lot of people. And that's real and valid. Yeah. I think the way this movie frames it is trite. (laughs) Yeah. There was, like, a whole thread going around during Nancy Myers week about, like, is it weird that when the kids find out the parents are fucking, they all, like, cry in a bed together? Yeah. And, like, yes, the answer is yes. weird. <laughs> but, like, half of the people who answered that said that it was not weird. I think it was, like, one of those polls. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know, like, that's not the relationship I have with my sibling. (laughs) Everybody copes in their own special way. I just don't feel like, I don't feel like this movie was approaching it from a space of wanting to, like, honor the trauma of the kids who have survived this divorce. It wasn't like these kids have experienced this, like, messy, damaging divorce. And so, like, here's a commentary on that. It was just like... (laughs) We need to really, like, fuck with Meryl's head a little bit more here. So Mm -hmm. let's have the kids cry about their parents fucking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can I throw in two things that I like about this movie that will balance out your hate? Okay. Um, The first thing that I live for every single time is Meryl's parties with Mm. her girlfriends. Oh my god, and yes. She bakes like all these great spreads for them. And right after she fucks Alec Baldwin, um, she the first time they had this dinner party, she was like talking about how she doesn't I have sex. loved this dinner party. Yeah. So then she comes back from New York and she like is like, Oh, I'm just so happy because I've been having all this sex. And they're like, What do you mean? And she goes, <laughs> She goes, I fucked whatever his wife's name is, is his husband. <laughs> and, and they all stand up and cheer. It's so good. It's <laughs> the kind of petty ass energy. Oh my god, I need it. I that love I want it. in my life. I loved that. Love it. Her friends are great. Yes. Oh my god, they're so good. Um... Yeah, so that's that's just the best. And the other thing I do quite enjoy, <laughs> despite it being a John Krasinski of it all, is when he finds so. out that they've been fucking because he sees them at his casual hotel lunch. <laughs> There's oh. hijinks. Hijinks ensue. Yeah. Nancy Meyer's girl loves an elevator scene more than anything, <laughs> especially one in a hotel lobby. Um, what a weird signature. I know, but it's true. Um, so he s- notices the parents fucking, and then, like, Alec Baldwin Not has, literally, like, to be clear. <laughs> not literally. <laughs> not literally. That would be he wild. Them, that like, would be wild. He just, he puts room. two and two together. Yeah. And so, then, Alec Baldwin, being the way he is, like, barges into her house while the kids are over, and he's, she's getting ready for dinner, and he's like, who wants wine? I'm going to have wine. Anybody want wine? And he's like, pours the whole bottle of wine in his class. He's like, no one else is drinking? Just me? Okay, great, great, great. Everything's fine. This is great. <laughs> it's like some very charming acting from someone I don't find very charming. So my favorite, this was like really the John Krasinski of it all. Like, mm-hmm. he was really, mm-hmm. he's a boy who can only do one and he was really doing that one. You know, in this he was one. like slightly more endearing though. He wasn't as I think that's just because this film is more endearing than the office. Like I think it's fair. contextual. He I wasn't don't... buying anyone a house they didn't ask for though. Could his character have? Like, maybe. So maybe I'm doing Yeah, I mean, I... The problem is I'm trying to think of the equivalent, because I feel in my heart like an equivalent 
thing happened, but I think I just find it plausible. <laughs> no, I think you're right about that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, there's a scene. So at some point, Alec Baldwin gives her a joint for reasons mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she like stows it away and then she's getting ready to go to a party oh, this is the best with shit. steve martin it's and she's nervous shit. so she starts smoking <laughs> before he gets there and he shows up and she's high as a kite and then <laughs> she brings the joint to the party and she makes him smoke it and then at some point, she and Alec Baldwin end up in the bathroom together, and she makes him smoke it, and then John Krasinski just, like, rolls up, and he's, again, doing the, like, am I the only one drinking wine bit, where he's, like, all nervous yeah. and, like, narkish, because they're smoking in the bathroom. And Meryl's like, well, do you want to hit? And he's like, no, I don't smoke marijuana. And then someone hands it to him again, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> fucking stoned off their gourd at this party and it's amazing it is amazing and then meryl and steve martin make croissants yeah in such an incredible montage i love that sequence i think if you took out like if you took out 90 percent of the alec baldwin stuff like yeah. left in just enough yep. to create context yep but took out so much of it yep or the made him better Eh, maybe Admit not Alec Baldwin, and not a, I think removing the Alec Baldwin of it all would have <laughs> yeah, so been a like great a equalizer. Yeah, um, especially because I watched this post Hilaria Baldwin, and so the whole time I was watching it, the only thing I could think of was the Consider the Source Instagram video. <laughs> So he's like laying naked in bed and I'm still imagining him like side-eyeing the camera and repeatedly whispering, consider the source. I do feel like I saw like too much of Alec Baldwin's body. Yeah. I really did. Yeah, he kept ironically slapping his belly and it was like, mm -hmm. no, thank you. I don't know who this is cute for. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yes, that sequence is it's so charming and like, Meryl Streep and Steve Martin together were very charming. So cute. And like, I don't, I can't remember where we as a culture stand on Steve Martin now, but I was I thinking. I think he's still okay. I feel like he, there was something he made the rounds for on Twitter sometime in the last number of years, but I don't think it was bad. Mm. But he did go viral for a reason. Mm. Honestly, I'm not sure I want to know. No, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll be ignoring for now you can assume that if he did something bad we think it's bad mm. and if he didn't then it's fine yeah you know our politics anyway i steve martin is so charming and i was having uh -huh. this whole flashback to like his whole character bit during like the high tide of his career and like mm -hmm. he had a really fun niche in movies that i wish that like we spent not we necessarily but like the general we as a film culture spent more time on mm. yeah. they were so cute together they were so cute it was so charming i loved their whole courtship the thing that pissed me off the most is that and this gets to my teaser about my beef with um pacing and narrative development yeah is that we get to the end of the movie she and alec baldwin have the porch swing conversation where they like finally put their relationship to bed yeah. 
LOL. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then at this point, she and Steve Martin have had this like falling out because he thinks that she and Alec Baldwin still have too much baggage. Which is fair. Totally fair. He made the right choice there. Yeah. Um, So he nopes out. And then her renovation starts and she like goes outside and is all sad because she misses him. And then like, wouldn't you know it? He shows up at the construction site Mm -hmm. and they have this moment where they reconnect. And I was ready to buckle up for another like hour of them courting. Yeah. But then they just like walk into the house and that's it. And I was like, you guys only got to flirt for like 30 minutes of screen time. I know. I had to put up with so much naked Alec Baldwin just for you two to be like, smitten for three minutes Mm. and then roll credits like fuck Mm -hmm. off Mm -hmm. i always feel that way i feel like it's like too long in that middle half especially you're like jesus and they go to the party and then it's so fun and then everything crumbles and it's like all right yeah and it just because they spend so much time on the abuse cycle (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. too like talk about needing an editor like they should this is a movie that needs a sex montage. Instead of having like Ooh. 45 cycles no, right. of yeah. them hooking up and then her trying to end it and then her talking to someone who says it's okay and then Alec Baldwin coercing her into hooking up again and then them hooking up and like yep. going yep. and going and going. Yep. They just needed yep. a sex montage and then we could have had another 45 minutes of her and Steve Martin flirting. Right. right. That would have fixed everything. It would have fixed everything. Yeah. I didn't like, know that 2021 would be the year of me advocating for sex montages, but I think this is who we are now. I think it's fair. <laughs> I also would advocate for at least one more scene in the garden. Yeah. Because I love the garden. The one where they actually, like, climb up the ladder to, like, imagine her Aww. upstairs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so sweet. hmm <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, and I needed another croissant tight yes scene like another scene where they just get to like be playful together because the whole point right is supposed to be that she needed to get the baggage out of the way with her ex-husband she needed to re-explore that one more time settle it and then she could be open to new experiences yeah yeah and like finally move on with the next chapter in her life and if that's supposed to be the whole point then shouldn't we get to see her actually do that yeah, but you know Meryl doesn't do a sequel. <laughs> we will never forgive Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, I do have good news for you because while there's not another croissant scene I can give you, uh, there is an article from Nancy Myers Week where Rachel Handler got high and tried to make the croissants. Ooh. And it's a good read. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I mean, croissants aren't, like, that hard if you don't mind taking the time to, like, chill it 900 times and, like, laminate yeah. the dough. Like, mm-hmm. you just fold it a bunch. Mm-hmm. She I has don't, some struggles. I don't have that kind of energy in my life. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I do have to ask you. Oh. What did you think of Meryl's rose gold jacket? Oh, that was spectacular. Isn't that, like, doesn't that, that deserve an whole, award? Yes, that whole ensemble really did it for me. That was great. I want to be that fucking fabulous. 
I would probably at like that a stage whole of my movie life. just about them going to that party high. Yes, me too. Ending with the croissant montage. Yes. Great. Oh my god, that would be such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. That would be a way more fun movie than the movie we got. Also, like, what? Her kids have no business having a home like that. In I know. That's like the actual Nancy Myers canon. Is like no one has any business having <laughs> these like beautiful this. homes. <laughs> but like, really, whose backyard looks like that? There was a review from the time that said something like, "I've been to Oprah's house and only hers is slightly nicer," mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Yes, <laughs> it's insane mm-hmm. and unnecessary. Read, yeah, like Nance, Nance, our Nance, Nance. is like Aunt Nance. so particular about like how every single item is staged in all these homes too, and like she'll move something like a quarter of an inch and just yep. make it perfect. And like, good on you. You can curate a fucking <laughs> you can kitchen. Curate. <laughs> it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... Is that why we have influencer culture now? Because of Nance? Yeah, did Nance do that to us? No, she didn't do that to us. Because I feel like influencer no. houses are like only a step up the ladder from a Nancy Myers house. California did that, not Nancy Myers. Okay, but clear. did Nancy Myers do that to California? No, no, no. The Parent Trap House did not look like that in California. Okay, it had a different vibe. <laughs> it was still pretty bonkers. It was a little more like Spanish style, though. Yeah, it was beautiful and huge, but it wasn't like whitewashed. Sure. Um. Yeah, but I think, like, we need to take a minute to appreciate that Nancy Myers can make a rom-com for the boomers. <laughs> yeah. Because they need this. I mean, I need this. They need this. Maybe I do. not this exact cut of this, but... Not this exact cut. I did have the thought that... Because there was, like, at least one other movie that came out at the time that was also about, like older people falling in love, right? Was it another Nancy Myers movie? Please hold. I don't retain information when it comes across my path. I just see it. <laughs> I think, yes, this is content. Um, I'm trying to think of Here's a piece of trivia that IMGB thinks I need about this movie. Mm. John Krasinski admitted to being initially very nervous about acting alongside legend Meryl Streep. As you should be. Like, I'm sorry. Town. <laughs> that's not. That's not trivia. That's just Fact. how it goes. Yeah. Um, was it something's got to give? No, that's yeah. 2003. Well, that's another like older people have. Fun yeah, love. I thought there was another movie like the same year, like closer mm. together. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think there's more room in the rom-com market for this demographic. Yeah, I agree. There's there's some, like, narrative stuff here we haven't really gotten to. And it's, like, perfectly enjoyable. I remember the first time I watched this movie, I think, or, like, my parents got it from Netflix, like, on the DVD, and they were like, do you want to watch it? And I was like, no, it's for old people. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> but, like, now... 
I can appreciate it. Well, it's funny because in this, the people in this movie are supposed to be what, like early 50s? Yeah. And I definitely feel more of a kinship to that narrative than I, I do to like an early 20s narrative. Yeah. And I'm not fully halfway, I'm not the full median between those two ages yet. Yeah. Just spiritually. <laughs> Just spiritually, I for sure am above the median, I would say. Kiersey texted me, and I think it was in the context of watching this movie. But she said middle-aged women are the most powerful. <laughs> the most powerful force in the universe, and yes. I stand by it. It's not wrong. Because I think, like, and there's, you know, women have written about this for all of time. But I do think there's, like, something that happens to women once they get to, like, their 40s and 50s, where a lot of the insecurity from your early 20s is gone, and you do, like, come into your own in a certain way. Like, not not that there aren't still insecurities, because Meryl tries to get fucking facelifts or whatever. Yeah. For a minute there. But, like, I don't know. I do love when she runs out of that place. I know. It's very funny. <laughs> she's very good in this movie. She's very good. She, I she's feel very like... good in everything, so you can't... We're not shocked. No. There is, like, some very low-key, like, woke feminist theme stuff I wish they had done differently with her character. Mm-hmm. But it's, like appropriate of the anxieties of the time yeah, like a lot it, of the stuff about the plastic surgery and it, like certain exact ways that she talked about her loneliness and i don't know there were moments where i was like i feel like you're not being given like a really fair shot at complexity here mm-hmm. but overall it's fine it also like rang a little bit truer to like someone in her demographic at that's in 2009 that, yeah like she couldn't be as woke as we want her to be in some ways <laughs> so true <laughs> like, especially really? in her socioeconomic status yeah yeah you layer it all in there and it like makes it's contextualized mm-hmm. yes um any any final thoughts no i got all my beef out of the way i would say like if more of the fun parts were better represented consistently across the mm-hmm. whole runtime, mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed it way more. It was sort of a medium experience for me because it would start to be really fun. Yeah. And then it would be like, here's 45 minutes of Alec Baldwin being a creep. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to have a little bit of fun. Okay, mm-hmm. just kidding. I do feel it has some high highs. Yes. The highs are high. And then (laughs) it does drag in places that are like, oh my god. Yeah. Real peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. But like, such a picture perfect Nancy Myers experience in so many ways. Well, if you have thoughts, I guess, about (laughs) Nancy Myers and kitchens and the appropriate size for your dream kitchen... I definitely want to talk about the kitchen more. I'm still not done with the home renovation. Do you want to keep going? Like, no, I mean, we can we can wrap it up. I'm just saying, like, definitely follow the advice Kelsey is going to give you next. Oh, okay. Because I would like to talk about it more. Yeah, Kiersey will reply to all of the tweets that you send us. 
to <laughs> at hate watch with us um you can also send us an email with like a more lengthy commentary and or some like imagery we like some of that um of houses not of like something like <laughs> Yeah, proceed with caution there. Yeah, of kitchens. Um, you can send those and only those to hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. <laughs> Too big. Um, you can click the contact button on our website, hatewatchwithus.com, or you can tell us your thoughts about Meryl's Kitchen via a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And you can also... Tell us whose height aura is taller, <laughs> Alec Baldwin or Steve Martin. I do have to look this up now. I wasn't going to. <laughs> I did this to us. Steve Martin is six foot. He's secure in his height. He's extremely secure in his height. <laughs> Alec Baldwin is also six foot. He's got some short man energy. He, he has wicked short man energy. Like, I wouldn't look at him and say he looks short. He no. doesn't look tall either. He, I would peg him as like a 5'11", like just under. He just, just he definitely under. like presents as short. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> All right, well, that's your height aura update of the night. <laughs> your height aura for today i do want to take this moment to reiterate to people who are below any given height that it's not actually about whether or not you're short it's not it's about your insecurities (laughs) exactly it's about (laughs) what you're putting out into the universe yep (sighs) yeah um we're also members of the thought bubble audio network and they have other podcasts that are less concerned with people's height auras. Um, so it does seem that they would need some height aura education. So feel free to find them over at ThoughtBubbleFM on Twitter, ThoughtBubbleAudio.com, and ThoughtBubbleAudioGmail.com and spam them with all of the height information of the various people they talk about on their shows. Because I do yeah. think I do think they could use um, some height or a education about a certain Star Wars creator who <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have proved the hypothesis. <laughs> you can also find them on Patreon and sign up to support Thoughtbubble Audio Shows and in doing so, hopefully pay for me to have a Nancy Myers kitchen. <laughs> attainable goal that's the goal people (laughs) i've got about 200 square feet to work with i think we can do it (laughs) you're gonna finally have your dream kitchen (laughs) finally have your dream kitchen (laughs) you know when you do this renovation i'm not gonna on that note thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye bye